Welcome to Cybercast. All right, we're back, and uh, this week we are without our brother Ty. Ty, I hope you're feeling better. I'm Clay. I'm Tosh. I'm still Dick. And uh, we've been on a slight hiatus, maybe uh, four weeks off. Is that about right, guys? Maybe. Oh, it's not. It's not a hiatus. Just uh, no. I think it's a new. To be a little bit more patient. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's a new schedule. Yeah, you know, actually, actually, a once a month uh, instead of by uh, sometimes fortnightly, we could just say sometimes once a month, <laughs> which actually would work for me too. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> that, that works. We could we could actually have like a epic sh- every every month an epic show it's, until the until the audience demands more from us. It, well, that that, that could at happen our, at, or at our Patreon. Okay. <laughs> you know, we should do our we really should we keep we have talked about the Patreon. Uh, thing since probably day one right well you have <laughs> well yeah i didn't really know what patreon was until i started doing adult film oh until you started doing adult film or, or until you started watching adult film uh, making my own oh wait you have a patreon account uh i wear a mask so we're not gonna go into it oh <laughs> <laughs> is it uh is it the patreon account the patreon.com slash tricky dick no or is that someone else i have i have a full-time job you know i work uh-huh. at a non-profit <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll leave that one there then <laughs> uh, leave that as an exercise for the listeners <laughs> so uh yeah um yeah so you know the, the past couple of uh weeks i i have uh actually been uh watching and 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 maybe it's been maybe a half a year or so uh watching and listening to different uh groups being being more negative about apple right which whoop de doo it's a big company, they can handle it. I'm wondering, um, just like when I left Windows in 2000, uh, is there, uh, you know, there was an Apple to go to. Uh, if people leave Apple, where do they go? You left later in 2000, but go ahead. We're not going to debate it. 2002 is when I bought my, uh, my iPod, and I bought, that same year, I bought a MacBook Pro. So, so Clay... What you say is that the year that you entered the ecosystem. I think it was the 03, ecosystem. to be honest. But you know what? You might be. I, actually, it was. It, it because was. It was when I was because, shopping for mine. Yeah. When did you buy yours? In 03. Um, it, maybe 02, 03, but I'm pretty sure it was 03. No, no. You didn't buy yours in 03. You had to. Have, because you bought the titanium. I think that was definitely 02. Okay. That's fine. And then. Huh? And then you came after me out of that. I came right after you, yeah. Because I went to. I, I went, when I was at the Apple store with you, I saw the iPod. Mm-hmm. And I I was just blown away by it. Isn't that funny um, that we that device you can be blown away compared to what we have now? <laughs> I know oh, that, that I, was right? still like the monochrome one, right? The huge yeah. one. Yeah, I'm actually the white physical one. wheel. Yep. Yeah, no, 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 it was right after the physical wheel. No, but it's right. still, the wheel it still had a wheel that was a touch base wheel, oh, but okay. it didn't have it wasn't the clicky that you know. I I saw that physical one. That's the one I saw. That, oh, one, that okay. they were still selling that at the time when Dick bought his uh, his uh, titanium. You know what? Oh yeah, well, actually I don't know. I don't know what because I remember um, borrowing your iPod when I went to go visit the folks in Holland. Mm-hmm. What year was that? I, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah, me I'm actually still looking at my. Uh, it's right now sitting right on, on top of my my uh, focus right. It's uh, right in front of me. My uh, it's the battery is shut, but uh, it still works via you know plugging it plugging it in and playing off of it. And I I still use it. It's actually all 30 gigabytes are filled up. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I um I was a Windows user, and the Windows machine I used was bought by my mom. And the reason why I was a Windows user is because I actually didn't do my own research. Right. I just, I mean, I just got what my mom gave me when I went to college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a Sony Vio, which I loved Sony stuff back in the days. Sony, to me, was so like... So you had like a top-of-the-line Windows stuff anyways. Yeah. Sony Vio was like, when they're trying to compete with, kind of like with Apple. In a way, like yeah. Because own little brand. That's exactly. I, that's the feeling I got. All of the media stuff was on the machine. You know, they gave you all of their Sony, you know, Vegas, all, all the stuff that they 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 have. They mm-hmm. they gave you, you know, movie you making. You ended up giving that to uh, me. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I, I was making beats on that thing. Yeah, yeah. I love that machine actually. And uh, the only thing I didn't love about it was the the, the interface. Like when I when I went to uh, use Mac OS, it made so much more sense. Well, whatever it was called at the time, it wasn't Mac OS. It was. Uh, what was it called? 
just OS 10, I guess. Mm-hmm. OS X. And uh, yeah. <laughs> OS X. Yeah, and, and I, I, it just made so much more sense to me. But the thing is that, like, I, I didn't go out of my way to defend Windows at the time. I just switched because I felt the Mac system was better. Now, what are these people who are doing all this complaining now about what Mac, the Mac and Apple isn't doing? What are they going to do? Are they going to switch to Linux? It's finally the year of Linux. Or, or maybe somebody will come up with another operating system. Uh, who, I wonder who that would be. Because the thing is that Windows, uh, the Macintosh and Apple was around already for a good while before, uh, you know, it took, it took a long time for, uh, actually, for it. To, I'm hmm? sorry. Go no, go ahead. Actually, what? No, uh, I, that would be a good idea if someone did a new operating system. Because, I mean, Linux has been around for so long, but people generally just stay away from it. And it looks dated, you know? Linux. It depends on what you, which one you have, because there are some Linux distributions that actually look oh. really modern. Okay, how come I never see those? That I need to figure out how to get that. I think Ty is is running some uh, new flavor of Linux, isn't he? I, we'd have to ask him, but I think he is. I think he is running a, a new distribution. I, I I actually wouldn't mind using Linux if my software was available on it, mm-hmm. because you could you can build some really powerful machines. But the, again, my photography but, software uh, is. Does Linux lend itself in any lacking. way to pro application? Some, some, some of them. Uh, the thing is that, like, like the big dog Adobe doesn't make anything for Linux, unfortunately. Yeah, well, so exactly. That, so. exactly. Hmm. Um, what a hater move. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was it was Adobe almost that that it was Adobe that probably almost killed you know the Macintosh because they didn't make all of their stuff for for the Mac. You know, they made all this stuff for Windows. And uh, now, of course, they make it for both. But, uh, you and know. When was that? Because remember, the reason why I switched to... Uh... Because of all that software, I know. But that was before. That was because you were, you were using you were using OS ten, right? You weren't using System 9, were you? Yeah, OS ten, yeah. Yeah. So you, 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 I mean, you know, before OS X, uh, okay, there were... Okay, so that's when it happened. Okay. Yeah, there were a lot of softwares that were not made uh, as well. Yeah, even I wonder how, for... how Max became such a big player so quickly in graphic design the interface the interface is beautiful yeah i know but yeah, i guess for design-minded people the the mac is just a attractive option right yeah yeah but so the question where where do people who are complaining about apple and their wares where do they go i mean you for, fine for the ios side you have android and dick you have both and you're perfectly happy using both right yeah so like you know like i was listening to a couple of episodes of the menu bar right which, uh, as I said before, it's 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 back, and uh, it's it's almost like they came back in a way to sort of be at the forefront of this this complaint train. I should uh, we should name that episode the complaint train um, <laughs> of the complaint train, right? Where it's perfectly fine to complain about this stuff, but it's kind of it's it's is it constructive? But what you know what, what are I mean? the like, kinds of things that they complain about though? About uh, that perhaps they're not innovating enough. Perhaps that uh, the Mac is is abandonware, uh, which I, I guess you could say that. But then just go get a Windows machine. But again, they like the interface of um, of Mac OS better, so they're sort of I guess feel stuck, you know, between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and it's I think it's more than just the operating system. Like uh, NKBHD explained really well in this uh, video about the the Apple ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really the only, in, uh, well, maybe not the only one in its kind, but definitely one of the, the m- most, I guess, entrapping sort of ecosystem. Yeah. Right. Once you're in, you know, with all of their proprietary hardware, with all of their services, you know, like iCloud, uh, you're kind of stuck. Not mm-hmm. not literally stuck, but it's just a, a much it, higher it, threshold to, to, to yeah to switch to anything else. Mm-hmm. I noticed that, and that's why I've actually. I've been putting my my stock in not my stock, but I've been putting stock in Google. Um, like instead of, you know, because you on your on your iPhone, your pictures get saved on your what's iCloud, um, your photo app, whatever it is, and it's always mm-hmm. there. But I was like, you know what? With Google, I can have any phone, and my pictures will always be there. And whether I go between Android and Apple, true. So yeah, I, I and I try not to use any of their stuff, storage or nothing. Of of uh, of Apple stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Which it's, it's, I guess just, I'm it's so much easier, right? <laughs> huh? Well, it is so much easier. That's why I I do use their stuff because um, it is so much easier. You know what I mean? Um, but again, you're right. Uh, it's uh, it's better not to put all your eggs in one basket. 
And a lot of times, even like uh, you say right now that you put your pictures in Google's basket, right? A lot of people would say, and again, this is like this argument that, oh, well, the Google is like monetizing your stuff. Yeah. You know, they're using your stuff to get you to, uh, you know, because if you're if it's free, then you're the pro. You know, the, you know the whole right, argument right. about. You and know. I and I, I I know that. I mean, the thing is, I, I know I, I don't know how they're making money. I think they're just making money off of knowing exactly everything about me and that's mm-hmm. worth a lot right mm-hmm. nowadays just knowing information about a person is a lot because they know how to sell to you right so google's making money off of me if i was saving all my stuff on apple apple would be making money off of me because i'd have always have to stick with apple you know I, true uh, my, my computer would be a, 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 a mac-based computer everything would be apple so either way somebody's gonna make money off of me at least this way i get to choose true true but yeah i so, know i'm stupid for trusting google with all my shit well, uh, I mean, the thing about it is that are you though? Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's like I think a lot of times these Apple fan people and I, you know, would be considered, I guess, an Apple fan person. But a lot of times they, um, they're hung up on hating Google because of the fight that Steve Jobs had with them, right? Yeah. They, they don't even realize that they're still stuck on this thing that you know that now now you see Google and Apple doing stuff together, and it's like. It, it, this is a, these are businesses. They're not they're not people. They're corporations, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't know. Like I, I I'm listening to uh, you know. Remember a couple of episodes ago, I said I will not be I will not be jumping on the you know the newest products. I will not be. I'm not PR for Apple, but a lot of these people feel like they are PR for Apple. And now it seems that we have gone the opposite extremes of it we're like completely like anti anti like pr for apple in some way and it almost feels like they're trying too hard to say that let's say if apple does fail to say that hey guess what we were at the forefront of this that's that's how i feel (laughs) that's kind of what it feels like it could also be that i mean these are podcasts that uh yeah podcasts yeah like pretty big podcasts like they they can make they're kind of making a living off of it too uh well the, the menu bar i mean they have a Patriot account. They're they're making good money, but it's not a living. Okay. Well, but they potentially can become have a living because they have big names now. You know, they have the they have uh, Marco from uh, the Accidental Tech Podcast. You know, he's he's sort of you know uh, a big promoter of them, so they yeah. could potentially have big money at the end of this rainbow. Yeah. And that's kind of how you how you do that. I mean, because you're gonna have to find something to talk about. So they they just find something yeah. to talk about. True. Um, and maybe even getting people riled up. Because you see the same thing with the news. Everything, ever since the 24-hour news channels popped up, like, sometimes you li- you'll catch yourself listening to a story and be like, why is this a story? Like, right, right. News? <laughs> they just need to True. fill up space. Yeah. And by the way, I'm, I'm signing right now into my iCloud account on the iCloud.com. And actually, all my pictures are here too, Dick. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that where you keep your pictures? Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you, let's say if you get a Windows machine, just go to iCloud.com and oh. your, your pictures are there. Yeah, no, but if you go to another phone... See. Well, you can still go to iCloud.com from that phone. Yeah, play. You, you want me to go? Yeah, to that's, that's not that's not how you were going. To. <laughs> <laughs> Come that's on, that's not how people work, man. <laughs> so, yeah, if this was two thousand and nine, you can go. With, yeah, but I can go to Google Photos, uh-huh. and it's actually and and it actually happened yesterday, man. Because I have two phones, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I recorded something on one, and I was like, oh, man, I forgot the phone I recorded with. I was like, I hope I backed it up to my Google Images, which I did, and uh-huh. I was able to access it on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like it. I'm pretty sure this, I'm pretty sure, actually, Apple will be smart, but they don't make enough money off of iCloud, of course, but they would be smart if they made an, <laughs> an iCloud app yes. for Android. Exactly. <laughs> they, they probably would have had me, because I was, when I got the iPhone a couple of years ago, it became mm-hmm. that. And I, was, I just I just started to notice it. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting sucked in. Mm-hmm. Hard to, and the switch was took some work because I had to. I think I downloaded everything and put it on on Google. It was a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. So so you know, speaking of of uh, this whole sort of cultish and anti cultish move that's happening right now, anything else in your world that you see where people are just like. They almost seem irrational in a way uh, about how they go about trying to ra- trying to rationalize something, you know, trying to be at the forefront of something. Or um, what, what do you think? Uh, only thing I can think of off the top of my head is politics, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> it has become. Oh, of, of course, my go-to is music. Like, music. Uh, 
Uh-huh. Like what? Explain. Well, there, there's a recent discussion around the band uh, Greta Van Fleet. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know know these guys? I don't you, think you so. did. You discussed it before, didn't you? No, no. I, I just discovered them this week, so can't be. Oh, then I guess I heard it somewhere else. <laughs> But okay. uh-huh. there are there are, there are the, the, this group of young guys, um, I think between the ages of eighteen and twenty one, uh-huh. who uh, who make sort of retro hard rock music. And well, I think a lot of people are very um, happy that that um, you know guys this young are sort of getting into that style of music, that seventies sort of rock. Others, um, yeah, just get a really. Um, gung-ho about them uh being kind of derivative and, and sounding too much like led zeppelin and uh, mm. well when you listen to them it's, it's kind of obvious that that's where they draw inspiration from but to call it you know but people sort of uh um uh, derisingly call them uh sort of a, a led zeppelin light or or a led zeppelin cover, cover band i wouldn't go <laughs> as far as, as, as calling it that you know mm-hmm. but people get really upset about it Whereas you could also look at, yeah, yeah, like the vocalist goes into the same sort of high register as as Robert Plant does. The guitarist plays a lot like Jimmy Page. But a question here is, why are they caring if it's if it's that long ago? I mean, I, I I'm missing the point of why somebody would be upset. Well, yeah, that's that's why I go to this example because to me also it seems kind of irrational to sort of fault a young band for wearing their influences on their sleeve. You know? Right. And, and right. Like, what happens with music, right? The same thing happens usually when there, a new style of music comes out. Like, there's a bunch of bands that will end up sounding alike. People are not saying anything about that. Like, if you think mm-hmm. about any kind of music movement, grunge, mumble rap, like, sometimes you'll hear one yeah. person and be like, that's that. Be like, nah, they just all sound alike right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that it's happening, like, years in between them, I don't see why people are tripping when it happens all the time with a bunch of groups all at once. Whether they come from a certain region or they start in a new genre of music, they end up sounding alike sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not it's not a bad thing, you know. It's right. uh, no, nothing comes out of nowhere, you know. Everything comes from. How somewhere. do they respond? They don't really. Okay. And 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 a lot of people are. I've I've seen some interviews with them, and um, also interviewers seem to be really careful around that subject. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like they tend even not to even mention the name Led Zeppelin. <laughs> really. Yeah. But yeah, you have to particularly listen to uh, the song. Um, I think it's called Safari Song. It's the uh, the first song of their album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's it's uncanny. I'll go check it out. Yeah, it's 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 a good band though. It's, uh, mm-hmm. And I hope I'll... I hope as they progress, they will try to flesh out their own sound a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, give them a fair shake. I mean, why why try to cut them down for sounding like something else? Yeah, you know, I thought about yesterday. Random thought, but. It's kind of like similar to what you're talking about. I was listening to a song. I was in the store and, you know, it's obviously a song that was sampled in a hip hop beat. And I, was trying to, I can't remember what song it was, but I was wondering if what if an artist now that had like an old school sound made music, um, like made full songs off of like parts of new songs, like it's an, make it seem like they sampled off of it. I, I might mm-hmm. be losing out with that. <laughs> You know, of new songs though yeah so let's say it's a, a brand new song that's not sampled somebody sings the hook and then somebody makes a a full song out of the hook like, like it's an oh. old song and makes it seem like the new song sampled of, of it <laughs> that'd be a that good gimmick that'd be a good well, something gimmick. like that something that like like that kind of happened with um selena gomez and uh portugal the man really yeah if you listen to uh can keep my hands to myself uh, by Selena Gomez and to mm-hmm. I Feel It Still by Portugal the Man. Yeah. I don't know who came first and who took what who, what from whom, but it's kind of like the one sampled the other. Mm-hmm. And the songs are recent. Yeah, both recent. Yeah. I think uh-huh. the Selena Gomez song came out first, but uh, mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know I don't know where they pull this stuff from. But I think it, with this uh, things going viral, like, that'd be a good way for an unknown artist to like, get known. Because mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you hear a song that the, the original that had been sampled, you never heard the original before. You're like, oh, that's where it came from. I'm like, oh, it's the first time I'm hearing this song. Yeah. You know, like it, the thing is that fanboys will go to the stream and probably try to shut down who they think is the imposter, right? Which is yeah, rather unfortunate. But they, these people take it so personal to the point where they actually will cause harm, physical harm, to the person who they feel is encroaching on their territory, on behalf of the the creator that they support, right? Yeah, but this one would be kind of blatant. Like I'm making up. Yeah, songs, yeah, I know, but the thing like is, it's a retro song, but it's, you know, that's just a gimmick. Yeah, yeah, 
Yes, you're right. But the thing is that there are so many maladjusted beings that oh. will actually take it personal. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I had a discussion the other day. There, there's a Dutch artist who um, came out with a song that, that's kind of sampled from uh, Nelly and, and Kelly Rowland's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? Mm-mm. Sounds... I think, yeah, I think well, I yeah, yeah, if you, if you, if you hear it or see the video. I know they did a song together, so you'll yeah, remember I heard it. it. Yeah, it's that song, you know? And, and th- this, this song by, by this guy, it's, well, of course, very similar. The beat is a little bit different, but people are getting upset about it. And I'm like, I think, I think this is like a very conscious reference to that song. And I think the, the, the artist also quoted us saying, uh, what are you guys getting upset about? We cleared the sample. Like we did everything the way that it's supposed to be done. And then mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking, well, actually, this is a complete nonsensical argument because actually Dilemma itself is also sample, sampled <laughs> from an older song. <laughs> it's actually sampled from a Pale LaBelle song. So that's you get dumb. upset for, at Nelly and Kelly for sampling right. that. You know, so it's kind of, it's kind of a, a, like a, a common practice in music these days. And it's, yeah. I think by now it should be a sort of a legitimate practice to the point where people are not getting upset about it. Right, yeah. right. But people are still like, yeah, sampling, that's not music, or that's just lazy. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what Jay-Z also said about, you know, because people, it's like an older interview where people call him out about saying other people's lines, right? He'll say Biggie's line sometimes, mm-hmm. or other rappers, and he's like, yeah, he's like, what, what are you upset about? Like, that's what hip-hop is, like, you sample from beats. He's like, if you look at all my other songs, like, I have a bunch of original stuff every once in a while, I'll put a line that fits. From somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like Ken- Kendrick does it. Yeah. He does I mean, it all the time. And for someone to bring that up, that's real if it, if it's if that's all they did, that's different, you know, word for word. But if you find a clever way to put somebody else's line in a song you're writing, like actually go out of your way and appreciate it. Like, okay, that was dope. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> instead of yeah. instead of just being negative, have my negative glasses on or my negative earphones on. <laughs> Where's the problem? <clears throat> Mark Ronson did a, did a very nice TED talk about sampling. Mm-hmm. Kind of also legit, trying to, to legitimize it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the, internet, the internet is is basically a microscope or a, an amplifier for negativity. It just seems to amplify it's like a, that. A, yeah, that stuff floats a, to the top always. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it uh, mutates it, right? It's like a, right. a goop, a toxic goop. Right. That's what the internet oh. is. <laughs> Anything that touches yeah. it, no matter how positive, comes out. Yeah. I, I always feel for people in comment sections who try to come up with structured arguments. <laughs> yeah. they'll, they'll just get a reply, yeah, you're stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Right>. exactly. <laughs> just not a winnable fight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The comment section is so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, you know, one of my favorite movies, uh, Fight Club, of course, you know, that line in there, everything is a copy of a copy of a copy. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's art. I mean, there just isn't anything. Uh, you, you could you could take a sample and make it your own. But that, that, that's just it. I mean, there's there's nothing absolutely brand new under the sun anymore. It, everything right. is going to be a recycling of, uh, you know, maybe the other dimension that we are not living in. Maybe there's still new stuff happening there. But also, Clay, whenever something mm-hmm. new is done, mm-hmm. then it becomes... So people complain about nothing being original, right? Mm-hmm. But original is what people want. So when something new comes, it takes a while for that to be accepted. Like somebody makes some new music now that's some, so different from what we've heard, it'll be considered like avant-garde or only a certain amount of people will like it mm-hmm. until enough people do that and it becomes normal and you can listen to it. Like, like when... The guitar was being used, you know, the way Jimi Hendrix was using it, mm-hmm. and the way it was yeah. used before that. But now it's right. now it's pretty normal. I'm not saying he's the first, but you know, doing a bunch of shit. Right. At first, it sounds like garbage to people. Right. And, and then enough people do it, it's like, oh, okay. And yeah. that becomes the normal. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever new is to come, we're gonna think it's trash at first. Right. Mumble rap is the new music, guys. <laughs> Right. So same thing with um. Th- there's also there's the you know the the camps of uh, meat eaters and vegans. Um. You know I, I fall of course somewhere in the middle there. But th- there there are people who go a little bit above the a little bit more extreme than they should to prove their point. Did you hear the the story on the radio? Because they talked what, what about story? this week. Um. Uh, I hate when I mention what I listened to, but I think I was listening to NPR, <laughs> and they they were talking about that somebody was being interviewed. Um, and how people behave in that in that culture like it's the, very aggressive vegans yeah well she was yeah. going just and now it's all about just any kind of health information on the internet and and 
quickly you start forming a group of people that think alike and then if you ever deviate they all like attack you yeah which is rather unfortunate uh i mean we, we trust me we we could do so much better yet we don't like we just i mean like look i i probably shouldn't even i brought up the fact that, that i think there's a sort of trend that the menu bar is trying to take with their show just do you do, do, I, i'm happy that the show is back i really appreciate the two co-hosts um and I, maybe I shouldn't even have brought it up, but it, it, it's like it's almost like it's almost like there, there's a. F- it, I felt the reason I brought it up is because it felt like there's a, a something that's being forced, and that there's like a group that's forming that is going to be the. Uh, we, yeah, we love Apple because it's nothing better, but they we we hate what they're doing, <laughs> group, and and that's why I brought it up. Oh. But then. Uh-huh. But isn't that gonna make Apple innovate though? If enough people feel that way, yeah. Well, maybe. But the thing about it is that sometimes the 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 the, the silent majority is happy. The major, the, the the there's a oh. the vocal minority very often is very loud about the stuff. But then you you see, okay, maybe the MacBook that just passed is probably the number one selling MacBook, or it's it's encroaching in you know one of the PC markets, you know computer line like let's say i don't know hp is it's is suffering because of apple who knows i don't know um the thing is that that there's something happening with apple right now there is a there is definitely a change in culture but it seems that the majority of people are liking it Mm -hmm. and the 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 vocal minority is not you you, you see what i'm saying but where do you where do you lie Are, are you are you content i'm I mean, I'm I'm using a 2011 iMac. Uh, it, it the thing is that like we I'm not like I the one thing I am against is that we are con- like consumer driven. Like we're 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 consumption is the name of the game. Like iMore the the, the dot com right. I love that website. I love about? the people who write for it. It's a, you know talking about iDevices, talking about you know com- com- Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Rene Ritchie. He's a great writer, but. You know, on that show, MacBook uh, Weekly, he is very often an Apple apologist, and and very often pushing his is is like he is like he's almost like he's a personal stockholder in the company. Probably, <laughs> right? <laughs> the fact that we're having a discussion about Apple is not innovating anymore. Like seriously, like you know, what? I I own one share of Apple stock. I sold all of my shares. I only own one share of it. And I, I would want Apple to succeed, but I'm not going to go out of my way to try to either so you, shut them down. You're not betting down. on them. You think Apple's going to fail at some point? I don't, actually. Oh, only one share? The thing, I don't, it's, a, it's, a, it's my first share I ever uh, I ever bought on my own that, that wasn't in a fund, so uh-huh. I kept that one share. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you sold everything else, what I'm saying. Like, that means you... You, you didn't have. You didn't want to bet on. No, that. I, I, because I, I, I don't. I don't want to buy individual stocks anymore. Oh. I got rid of all of my individual stocks. I have just you know funds. Mm-hmm. So Apple might be in one of the funds somewhere, but it's individual stocks. I don't have the. I don't have the stomach for it. Okay. But what I was saying, like, uh, um, so you have you have people who are bagging on Apple and who who I I could tell that they because I know them to a certain degree. I know that they care about the stuff that they use from Apple, but they're bagging on them. It's almost like they're trying to jump on this bandwagon and want to be at the forefront of it. And then you have the opposite end with Rene Ritchie sort of being an extreme apologist for Apple, which is kind of, it's a little bit sickening as well. Like, the, like you know, like the Buddha says, the middle path is the right path, right? That's the path of least resistance. We don't have to go so extreme that, oh, Apple is not doing us a, a fav- any, you know, doing any favors for us. They're not doing it good by us. And we don't have to go on the other extreme and say, oh, no, no, the reason why this is done this way is because blah, 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 blah. No, that, you know, this is done in a poor way. The Apple has now acknowledged it with the whole battery thing. And this is done in this way because they are a company that is so small they're splintered they're, they they have they have they need to hire more people maybe uh maybe they had need to have i don't know bigger divisions but then you have that problem of them becoming one of these giant corporations like an hp used to be well they are but what i'm saying is that they run like a smaller organization they they have smaller groups yeah they are they are what they like attack they've become what they used to attack they have yes you're right yes you're right so yeah i just um i don't know just food for thought um, and but I, 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 mean, don't, I don't have any mm-hmm. cult uh, stuff examples in my life. I don't think there's besides the whole politics thing, but that's about it. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, that that is that is an extreme example of this for sure. Yeah. Twitter is just a cesspool of just Twitter. Uh, sorry, tr- Trump and anti-Trump just hate. It's just disgusting. I've le- I've recently deleted Facebook, Twitter, I think, and Instagram off of my phone. Oh, because of the negativity. It's just I don't I don't want it on my, on my phone anymore because I do mm. catch myself spending time on that stuff, and I'm like, yeah, nothing, nothing that I need <laughs> need. Like, yeah. I, Every once in a while, you get a golden nugget of something, but it's nothing I need. Right. Yeah. It's like if I need it, if I need it, I'll go on a computer, go out of my way to go look for some stuff. But yeah, yeah. This happened last week. <laughs> well, let us know how it goes by next episode. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this episode we were actually supposed to hear about uh, about that Android phone that Ty has. Well, what did you get again? The One Plus One or One Plus Five or whatever? Did he get Essential? I don't know. What it or was it essential? I don't remember now. I don't know why he didn't go with the Pixel too, though. Yeah, good why question. Why would you get any know. other Android phone? That's what. I, if I were an Android user, I probably would only get a Pixel. But the sales of that, have you heard about those? Pretty dismal. They're not doing well. No, they're not, and I'm, it's kind of scaring me because I'm like, what if they stop making them? I think they should stay with it, stick with it. You know, they Google just don't know how to do well with it, though. They abandoned a bunch of stuff. They have, but sometimes I'd rather the, a company abandon something that they're not good at. Honestly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I'm totally in that band. I think if. Something's not working out. Drop it. Right. <clears throat> so yeah. So I may have said uh, you know that there's a lot of negativity on, on the menu bar, but do do go listen to that uh, uh, podcast. It's a good podcast. Um, most of the guests they have on are are great. Yeah. If you don't like negativity being spouted on any of these outlets, you don't have to listen to them or read them. That's very true. That's very true. Well, the reason why I, I keep listening to the menu bar is because I, I want to support them. I really do. And um, I mean, I was in a Slack group to, with uh, with uh, one of the co- Well, both of them were in the Slack group. And I, I, I really did like in, engaging with them. But uh, they have definitely evolved or, you know, they've moved past where they were. And uh, and of course, now they're getting big names on their show. So, um, you know, that's... Yeah. Uh, Name it has to game. be more provocative, Clay. That's all it is. Maybe. Move maybe. to the big time. Could be. You'll see. When we get the big money, we're going to start talking about some stuff you don't want to talk about, Clay. <laughs> as long as it doesn't involve killing animals, let's do it. Okay. <laughs> all right, cool. Any uh, any final thoughts, Dick? Uh, No. I, I hope not to hear any of that negativity out there on the, on the <laughs> internet. Staying away from it. Yeah? Mm-hmm. For right now. Right. For now. I was going to say, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> I toss. Yeah, just stay positive. <laughs> That's all I can say. Yeah. Of, of course, it's don't sweat the small stuff, up. <laughs> Like it's it's easy yeah. to, to to take that sort of stance, you know, against certain things. And you know, really, mm. when it comes to Apple, I don't really care that much, to be honest. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm the I'm the Apple fanboy on the show. Yeah, like nothing is that important that you have to I don't know uh, cuss each other out or right. have to degrade anybody else, you know, for having a different point of view than your own right right and i'm not saying that any of the people that you mentioned do that but uh it's just a no, no, they tendency don't, they don't. that you see online yeah you know? yeah well I, I, what i noticed is that uh they don't say those things right but the people who re- respond to them are kind of not happy which i think is absurd it's like they, they they have a right to express their opinion and don't go crazy uh it just it just feels slightly forced um and maybe there's a change happening and i they're at the forefront of it and maybe Apple is not going to be what we thought they were any any longer, right? We thought we think now that they're sort of at the top, at the forefront of of design, and uh, yeah, they're not the biggest innovators because they usually come la- late to something. But when they do it, they do it well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they weren't the right. first touch exactly. device out, but they, they definitely perfected the touchscreen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so yeah, I'm you know I'm only bringing this up because it's just um, it's interesting to see that, that maybe maybe we'll look back at 2018 and and say yeah yeah the menu bar is right, <laughs> Apple is doom, and gloom. So I doubt it. No, nah, no, I doubt it too. <laughs> so yeah, my final thoughts. Yeah, go listen to the menu bar and uh, <laughs> let them know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ty, Ty, uh, you know when you uh, come back next episode, uh, you let us know what you think about this. And any other listeners on Twitter, just let us know. All right, cool. Shall we uh, jump into the music corner? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. All right. I actually, I, I feel like I need a sort of uh, theme music for this, but uh, maybe later, maybe <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm, 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 I want to try out a new sort of segment for Music Corner, which I've uh, titled MVP. Mm. And of course, uh, MVP or, or Most Valuable Player is, is something that uh, that's common in sports. And like in my understanding, the MVP is, is the player that 
has contributed the most to the uh, to the overall objective of the team. You know, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's the player that that scored the most points. But yeah, I think the 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 term MVP can be applied nicely to music as well. Music is uh, is a collaborative art form. So uh, around the the artists or or the frontmen or, or women that we see, you'll you'll have a whole bunch of people like musicians, uh, producers, songwriters that that make the whole thing to come together. Mm-hmm. And I want to shed some light on uh, on some of the MVPs of music. Um, so they'll they'll most likely be people that you that whose name you ne- you've never heard, but you you've definitely heard the contributions that they made to the music that 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 we love. So. Today's MVP is uh, guitarist, producer, and, and songwriter Steve Lukather. Do you guys have any idea who that is? No. Nope. Cool. So um, you, if you've heard his name, you'll probably know him as the, the guitar player for Toto. Okay. The, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the prolific rock pop band that, that became really big in the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, me, myself, I, I came to this band, into this band very late. Uh, but to me... Toto kind of represents everything that's great about 80s music. You know, it's super catchy, but uh, then again, super cheesy, but also incredibly <laughs> musically sophisticated, you know, all at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just really to get sophisticated? a... Sophisticated? I didn't know I would that. say so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so just to get a feel for what, what Toto is all about, let's uh, listen to uh, Rosanna um, from the album Toto Number no. 4 from 1982. So that's Toto. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like what I said, there there's definitely like a, a very poppy sort of structure to all of these songs, like a verse, chorus, very straightforward. But there's just a lot going on. That's what I mean with the with the musical sophistication. Just a lot of layers of uh, you know interlocking parts, like very f- sophisticated grooves that you hear going on in the in in the, in the drum part. But um, mm-hmm. if you paid attention to the guitar, you will hear that um, Steve Lukather's sound is is heavy, but also kind of understated at the same time. So he plays these these really big chords with um, a lot of overdrive and distortion on them. Um, but he also plays these uh, very restrained, sort of groovy one note patterns. You know, this little funk one note patterns that you hear mm-hmm. um, and you will also notice that he that he tends to work a lot of melodic material into his playing so even when he's playing just regular chords you'll hear this melody co- going through it and that's uh, one of the things that I really gravitate to in all of the things that he's done in music um, so yeah Toto itself is a, a, essentially a collection of these insane session musicians um, and, and Steve when he started with the band he, he wasn't really a session musician but uh, he became one uh, and a very successful one at that and he attributes that success to being in Toto in the first place and one so place was it their members all the time no not that but they they oh. all, the members themselves have 
popped up in a lot of different, uh, you okay. know, like one-off <clears throat> projects, like Steely Dan, for instance. Like uh, a few of the Toto members, they played in Steely Dan. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they just have all of those chops. That that's what it's about. Okay. Um, so one one place where you will hear a lot of Steve's contribution is on Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, because both Steve himself and the band Toto were heavily involved in that project. And uh, there's actually a great story about know. how how the song uh, Human Nature came about. That song was written by Toto's keyboard player, Steve Porcero. Um, and he was inspired to write it uh, because um, his five-year-old daughter then uh, came up to him because uh, she was upset because uh, a boy had hit her at school for no apparent reason. <laughs> and she just wanted to understand why, why a person would do such a thing. And, and that's how the phrase, you know, human nature, that's just human nature came up into his mind. Like sort of a child asking why why does this stuff happen and and you know the response being yeah it's just human nature so this the, he, he wrote this song when they were actually uh, doing mixing for that that record that the, the last song that i played is from total number four and i think they were actually mixing africa at the time you know their, their biggest song ever mm -hmm. um and so like in between those sessions he he just uh made a quick demo of uh, of human nature and uh, actually that 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 demo still exists and i can actually play it for you there it is Yeah, the, the lyrics were changed, of course, but uh, like the the main chordal structure and then just the, the overall feel of uh, of human nature is all encapsulated in this demo. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the funny thing is, like this 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 song wasn't written specifically for Michael, but it ended up in the in the hands of Quincy Jones completely by accident because uh, mm -hmm. Quincy needed some kind of demo tape for some drum groove that uh, the band had laid down, and yeah, the, the Steve Porcero, he had to bounce it to tape and he didn't have any tape lying around except for the one that he recorded this demo on. So he actually recorded on the opposite side of that tape um, with, you know, the intention of Quincy just hearing that side. But Quincy's jo Quincy Jones's uh, tape player uh, actually had an auto reverse feature. So he just let it play out and then automatically started playing the other side. And he that's how he heard Human Nature. You know, it's crazy, and, uh, though, to me. Yeah, it's Is crazy that... happenstance, right? But also that his ear has to be that good that when he, I guess when you're in that business though you have to be but you're like oh that's it right there, like I need that yeah yeah, and yeah uh, he uh, he actually said in an interview that uh, that he wrote this like in one sitting the whole thing yeah wow. yeah yeah I guess just some sort of divine inspiration that can come sometimes but uh yeah of course the yeah. demo didn't have any guitar on it. And uh, so I think uh, we, we have to listen to the actual recorded version of the song to, to hear what Steve does. And what you, what you have to pay attention to is the way that he kind of takes the, the, the chord progression that's in the demo itself, but sort of spreads it out into these like big sort of arpeggiated runs. Like an arpeggio is a, is a, a chord with the individual notes sort of played out in the sequence. But then he also splices in these kind of little funky sort of rhythmic sections. So it's, it's like really intricate guitar work. Some of the best guitar work I've ever heard on a record. So here is the original uh, recorded version of Human Nature. <laughs> Sweet seducing sighs 
So I, I think this really exemplifies uh, Steve Lukather's playing because he he takes what is kind of a simple chord structure. Mm-hmm. I think there are only about three or four chords to this section uh, that you just heard, but he, he manages to, to manages to make it into this very intricate guitar part, but it's not in your face it's still very understated so it's it's kind of he does a lot but not too much um and then there's also the the guitar tone that he brings like this very crystal crystalline sort of clean tone so that all fit, really fits the mood of the song you know very well so i also mm-hmm. want to demonstrate some of his uh, heavier playing and again let's go to michael jackson for that because he also did uh, the rhythm guitar on beat it also from uh, michael jackson's thriller um so before they even brought this song to uh to uh eddie van halen to play the guitar solo on it you know steve did all of the the main guitar parts on it so um yeah again listen to how he uh combines like a very heavy sort of driven sound with a really funky sort of uh, rhythmic sensibility. So here is Michael Jackson's Beat It. funny thing about beat it is that um you know at first listen you kind of only pay attention to the main riff of it you know that yeah. and then also kind of the main chords that you hear like the mm-hmm. but you don't you don't pay attention to anything else but there's so much more going on guitar wise you know there's this uh, going on in the in the first section um there is this sort of high sort of chime going on a little later sort of prince like vibe that's that's going on and all of that is steve lukather so that that's that basically kind of uh, uh kind of the point of this uh, this whole segment just uh, trying to to showcase these these guys a little bit um mm-hmm. the cool thing with beat it as well is that most of the elements that you hear in it came sort of directly from michael's brain you can hear a very rough demo version of beat it uh on uh, on one of his i think one of his posthumous albums um where you can just hear him vocalizing everything, including the, most of the stuff that uh, that Steve did here. So I, I guess Steve's huh. job here was to to execute Steve's all of job. that. Uh, did I say Steve's? <laughs> <laughs> Steve's, Steve's job <laughs> was to, uh, yeah was to make Michael Michael's vision come to life, basically. So there's a demo um, idea of Michael doing that all the guitar stuff with his mouth. Yeah, pretty much, oh. pretty much, yeah. I think it's on the This Is It album. I'm going um, to try to look for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, do, do that. Um, well, this, this, this is all uh, rhythm playing that I've been displaying so far, but uh, like Steve is also a very prolific uh, lead player. And when it comes to soloing, he has a very sort of blues blues rock inspired approach. And he kind of applies it everywhere, kind of regardless of the, the genre of song that he plays on. Um, so, for instance, he did the solo on uh, Lionel Richie's Running With The Night. And, uh, yeah, this is kind of like a, a bouncy sort of disco pop song. But for some reason, Steve's uh, rock solo really works well with it. So, uh, let's hear it. This is Running With The Night from 
So you hear, he, he's able to play these very restrained, sort of intricate guitar parts, but also just shred like crazy and just cut loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's very multifaceted in that way. And a lot of his soloing on uh, on uh, Toto's work, that's also like uh, very, very memorable. Um, and then on the opposite side, you also have um, the more ambient stuff that he does. He's really able to to add a lot of depth and ambience to a track. And um, again, a great example of that is in uh, Michael Jackson's Stranger in Moscow from the from the History album. Um, and there, his, his guitar part mostly consists of some lightly picked and arpeggiated acoustic guitar. Um, so yeah, there's there's not a lot of guitar in the forefront, but it, uh, it adds a lot to the sort of melancholy vibe of the song. So uh, let's listen to uh, Michael Jackson's Stranger in Moscow from 1996. What I particularly love about the opening chords that you hear, he uses actually two concepts at the same time. He uses um, something called pedal points, um, where you have one note that sort of rings out throughout the entire chord change, so that doesn't that, that doesn't move. And at the same time, he uses something we would call voice leading, so um, like uh, sort of building your chords around the uh, one moving melody. And this melody is kind of a chromatic line that you that you hear throughout the intro. So still very, very sophisticated and intricate, but again, very understated and all just adding to the warmth and the ambience of the of the overall sound. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny how the, the understated stuff just slips by the casual listener. They just, you know, it's part of the song and somebody that's really into music will be like, ah, I catch I guess what you're doing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and like a lot of people will just think, okay, yeah, this is a Michael Jackson song. So this yeah. Michael Jackson did all this, right? And yeah, that's not the whole story. Um, so kind of what I'm what I meant to demonstrate here is that a lot of the things that we enjoy about music or that make good songs into great songs can be attributed to people like Steve Lukather who stand behind the artist and just bring their specific skills to a track. Um, yeah, so I guess there it is. Steve Lukather. Uh, an MVP. Okay. Awesome. You got a list, or, or are you going? You going to pick? I, uh, I have a. I have a huge list. Like, uh, let me just pull it up here. Um, I think I have about thirty names on here, and I'm still growing, nice. and I still have to make like a selection here of which ones I want to talk about. But I want to draw like a very wide spectrum of 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 people. You know, not just guitarists. I want to also you know discuss producers and songwriters maybe even people who are more like in the relationship business within the music you know like maybe label mm-hmm. owners that sort of st- those sorts of people okay so uh yeah if uh if you want to hear more segments like this uh yeah just uh, just let me know cool you got one of quincy jones he's on the list but he's kind of obvious mm-hmm. uh, an obvious one i think like most people yeah. know at least that quincy jones worked with michael right but still it will be interesting to trace sort of his uh his influence because his influence actually spans like multiple decades you know like uh i think yeah. uh he started uh making music in like the 30s or 40s or something that long really <laughs> wow wow and he's still well, involved, maybe right? maybe not 30s but yeah definitely uh, definitely uh 40s uh, isn't, isn't he still involved he, he is exactly. yeah he's, he has a music label um yeah. 
He's he's actually started a new streaming service uh, that's all about yeah. jazz. Yeah. Ah. Don't, I'm not sure if it will take off, but uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of oh. like a Netflix for jazz lovers. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I saw an interview with him and uh, and um, uh, was it in Khaled? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did we talk about that? Oh, wait, you you guys shared it. One of you guys shared it with me, didn't you? Uh, I think uh, Ty shared it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Or no, Ty, Ty shared a interview. Uh, just an, uh, I think a written interview. Right. Well, I think I looked up the video itself. So it yeah, it, it's funny because I like I like Khaled's music, right? But that interview made me sort of I I just he needs to grow up a little bit. <laughs> but I guess I'm being judgmental, actually. Negative. Yeah, you you try to interview Quincy Jones. Uh, yeah, that's true. Like. That's very true. <laughs> Good point, actually. Yeah. You'll need you need twenty extra shirts. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I might just go there naked. I mean, I no, no sweating <laughs> on, on any shirts like that. And knee pads. <laughs> That'll make not things you, more comfortable. You too, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> that's messed up. Uh, you're the one who said knee pads. Yeah, I know, but just, just that's what the music. That's kind of associated with music industry. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. I love that. It was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so, uh, any, uh, are we talking about anything we're watching? Because I'm not watching anything. So. I'm watching. What? A halt and catch fire. It's a good show, man. <laughs> it makes me angry though. And that's on what? On Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Do you watch anything on Prime? Oh, you, you did say the marvelous yeah, Miss. The, yeah. Love I, that I started show. watching that yesterday. Uh huh. No good. I, I didn't finish the first episode, but uh, <laughs> oh. I started late. So oh, okay. was so I, 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 Yeah, I'll, I was watching. I'll finish it. Oh, okay. I'm watching Unreal also, which is on on uh, on Hulu, mm -hmm. which is. You know what that show is or no? No. So it's basically, um, so just imagine a reality show, right? It's sort of the behind the scenes of what a reality show is it. like. It's freak. It. it 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 makes me just angry, man. Just but angry. it's true. I heard it, it's not about a real show, right? It's it's fictional. It's fictional, right? But it's but basically let you. Oh really? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. It sort of makes you. It makes you look at like The Bachelor in yes. a different light. It talks you know about I mean? it. It's it's based on what happens on The Bachelor. Uh, basically, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's called Unreal. Oh my gosh, what uh, just I I'm 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 on the beginning of no at the end of season one, and I just it, it it's one of those angry pleasure shows. You know, I can't get to the next episode because I'm just still angry about it. It's like I, hate I just it. I, yeah, <laughs> Wait, I hate is watch it that it. Exactly. bad? What did they put him through? Like, are they because it. It makes me angry about the fact that humans allow themselves to go through this sort of thing just because they want to have something back to they want to have their they want to become a star or something like I, you're willing to go through all of this nonsense for for what it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make sense that humans are willing to endure suffering like this it's in, only special uh, you know, people Clay. I guess because you have to be a special person. I mean, even that. the people who you think are kind of okay, all of a sudden, there's a moment of like, oh my gosh, you're one of these sleaze bells too? Like, that person is a sociopath, but you, I, I am shocked, you know. Uh, the other show I'm watching is just pretty cool too, it's uh, Everything Everything Sucks on uh, <laughs> one of these Netflix uh, originals. Oh, it's like a, like a throwback show, right? Yeah, of. yeah, yeah, it's cute, man, I love it. It's a really, it was a it's really a comedy? good show. It's a comedy, yeah. Everything Sucks. Yeah, but it's pretty much it's pretty much just like our childhood, man. Like you just it's sometimes they just they force the 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 reference a little bit too much. It's like you don't even have to for like I I'm from the nineties, baby. Like I I know what this is, you know. But uh, it's for uh, so. for the, for the younger kids. Yeah, it's for young exactly. kids. Exactly, it's a good show. It's a good show. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Tosh? Uh, not not watching too much. Um, I am looking forward to some stuff though. I saw that the new Jessica Jones uh, the. New season came out. I never started uh, watching it. Am I missing out? Well, Vic, Vic, Vic sounds like he's not happy with season two. I saw on Twitter. I need, I need to ask him. But uh, oh, it seems <laughs> it seems like the character, I guess, is slightly different than season one. I, from what I understand from his Twitter feed, are you I talking about they pulled a uh, uh -huh. Fresh Prince move? No, right. What what is oh, it? Like on, the on Viv thing? You mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like don't say anything. Just <laughs> go with it. Uh, no, right. Not I don't know. I, I I'm not watching it, so I don't know. But I, I just his Twitter feed tells me that I guess something is slightly different, and he's not that pleased with it. I guess. Well, all right. Spartacus still is still on. I didn't know. No, I'm asking. Oh, I I don't know. Because didn't the guy die? I thought he did. Okay, I just want to know did it do a character change or me a? Oh, okay. A I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. 
<laughs> no, but otherwise, not watching, uh, not watching too much. Oh, okay, and nothing for you, Dick? Nope, nope. Besides, uh, we, we saw that movie together in uh, Dunkirk. Yeah, I'm glad I got to see that. Uh, I think... did you, what did you think of Urk? Uh, of what? <laughs> Where part of the movie was shot. Part of the movie oh. shot in the Netherlands. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought the whole movie was great. I'm glad I got to see it in theaters. I think they only did it because it was... was it, It's because it's an Oscar contender? Is that why? I'm not sure. Because it, it's been out of theater since last year, correct? I'm not sure. But yeah, it came, I... Uh... But me and you were the only ones yeah, in there. I think, <laughs> I think it had its run like early last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, Clay. What happened is that they just kind of showed it again. I'm guessing because it was like an Oscar contender. That's why. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, we should we should have had the projectionist to restart the movie because we we were like a minute late. <laughs> yeah, because they started I mean, it right on time because there was nobody else there. Yeah. yeah but it was, it was just right. a oh, yeah. You know, then you definitely could have asked <laughs> if you were the only ones in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it was a good, a good movie though. Um, did it win anything, Dick? I don't know. I, I don't watch. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. So I don't know. <clears throat> but I um, remember that that preview of the movie, the Wes Anderson movie. What's that? Which, In, which no, no, we which didn't one? see any previews. <laughs> no, it was, it, it was in the preview of Black Pan, uh, Black Panther. Oh, okay, which I haven't seen yet either. Oh, me neither. But Wes Anderson's coming to, out though. with a mm-hmm. uh, Wes Anderson's coming out with a stop motion film. Oh. Came out with them. oh, cool! Really? I want to, I want to see it. Which? What is it called? Do you know? I can't remember the name. Oh, I can't remember the name. It's, it's very strange looking. But I think they're pre, uh, screening it this weekend at, uh, this weekend South by Southwest. What's going on? Oh. down the street in Austin. Dude, I want to know what I want to, I want to be in this guy's mind. <laughs> no, seriously, like he's a weirdo. This, I, I mean, the stuff it's probably a scary guy, place. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. But it's he's like unique. He's very unique. Yeah. Is it the Isle of Dogs? Is that it? No, that's a screenplay. Yeah, that's oh, that's it? it? I'm pretty sure. Oh, I see. Oh, this looks good. It, it, huh. The preview looks weird, but I heard it's got pretty good reviews already. But what do you expect? Okay. <clears throat> okay. All right. Maybe I'll get my hands right. on that. Maybe I'll go to yeah. Austin. Cool. You mean your hands on it? How? No, maybe I'll... Tickets. Oh, you mean you go watch go, it? Okay. Go okay. see it I if I can. I see, I see. I thought you had some sort of, uh, you know, fall off the truck type of thing. I mean, yeah, you can. On It's called the internet <laughs> alright cool it's so a uh, it's a wrap alright and uh, the internet please I hope that you didn't take our uh, episode as a negative one especially because we ended with uh, an awesome music corner and uh, what we're watching and we love what we're watching so <laughs> <laughs> it's all love <laughs> all love and uh, yes our, our brother Ty is not here but you can find him at uh, TY09 pretty much everywhere uh, Twitter Instagram Dick where shall we find you uh I'm not using that stuff on my phone. I don't know, but Dick underscore daily on Twitter. Daily Beast? Daily, oh, gosh. Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> it's always going to stay there. I mean, okay. it's going to be like, uh, what do you call it? Like, internet dust? <laughs> stay there. All right. Cool. And Tosh? At Tosh Balak on uh, Twitter. Cool. And I'm CW Daily everywhere. And uh, actually, I'm trying to put my website back up. Uh cwdaily.com it's just sort of a placeholder but you can go check it out it's uh, a little placeholder i'm having a little bit of trouble trying to uh, make things look the way i want them to look but uh we're not sponsored by any squarespace or anything like that and that wasn't an ad that was an ad i said that was not an ad oh and go listen to all our old episodes you can find us on the twitter at cybrcast ciao Hello. later return to your regular scheduled programming